I usually jump in. I know, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what, exactly. Ryan, you don't understand the rules of this game. I No, I do. The only rule is that there is no rule. Um, <laughs> but you know, Ryan, I just, that, I'm, I, I'm, on, I'm on this podcast just to watch this podcast burn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am Matt Rather. I'm your host this, uh, this week. I, th- there's no host. I, I'm the guy who talked first this week. And with me, as always, is Ryan Sheely. Uh, but so I, that's interesting, right? So that is that creates a kind of agenda setting power, right? That that um, it's interesting that in, in some ways I feel I feel like you just described you're just by saying I am the host, there is no host, and you expected me to interrupt you. You 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 basically just teased out the entire power structure and the and, and the and the symbolic and normative superstructure around this podcast, right? Right well, that. That's the that's the idea. I mean, it does it does reveal a lot of things about you and me. I think uh, it, in this this intro. I mean, this this uh, really you don't need to listen to the podcast anymore just by hearing the introduction that you've just heard. You pretty much, if you unpack everything there is to unpack in it, you pretty much have the whole idea of what well, also we're and where we're going. Also, starting like that pretty much ensures that that will be the case as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to uh, overthink, uh, though, just think, really, because you can't overthink Gossip Girl. And also Glee. I'm excited that Glee is coming back uh, next next week. We may have to push the recording back because it's unclear whether there will be time to watch Glee before uh, recording, which we've been doing on, on Thursdays for these last I thought I thought it's coming back on Tuesday, though. Oh, it's coming back in that American Idol slot, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Or something, or uh, something like that. I, you know, I don't know. I don't follow American Idol, so they're, you know, but my I guess they're, maybe they're putting it against Lost, um, which is a big problem for me. Um, but at any point, we'll be we'll be we'll be ready to to think uh, uh, think Glee as well. I, I hope you know what I hope, Matt. I hope we get to have another Glee war. Um, <laughs> Well, I have I, I won't go into it, but I'll 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 uh we have we have kind of a uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit war going on on Overthinking It and and I encourage everyone to go to Overthinking It and read Jordan Stokes post uh, about um about Law and Order Special Victims Unit and theories of crime and punishment. One, because that's exactly the sort of thing we talk about on this podcast. So if you're interested in this subject matter, that what Jordan has to say will fascinate you. Also because it's, it's, uh, it's well and charmingly written and, and well argued and brought me some, a lot to think about, 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 about retribution, uh, about, uh, utilitarian, a utilitarian theory, the absurdity of a utilitarian theory of punishment. Uh, you know, we should uh, we should we should get Jordan on this podcast because that's something that I've written about in the context of Gossip Girl, um, yep. and I think you even have that in in Glee as well. So we could we could, and I know that Jordan doesn't watch Gossip Girl. Um, no, but he you know what he watches Glee. So when Glee comes back, I think it will be a perfect time to have uh, Jordan on because he uh, I, and I think he he'd be an ideal candidate. So we'll, we will uh, we'll put a pin in that, and we're, we'll definitely. Uh, Mr. Stokes, if you're listening, uh, this is your open invitation to come on the uh, these fucking teenagers podcast any any time you wish. But let's let's launch into it. Also, Mr. Stokes, if you're listening, I would definitely eat a sandwich that is bacon a bacon only 
sandwich um, or, or whatever you propose. Uh, I, I, um, I feel like I am the counterfactual to that. Uh, um, I, I, I got just hungry. The, the better it only made me want to eat a... Uh, um, wait, let me... Let me uh, let me let me let me let me tease out exactly what that is. A um, um, uh, what bacon, was that? Bacon, bacon, and bacon sandwich wrapped in bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Also, um, I'm not really sure that a a bacon bean sprout and cilantro sandwich would be a bad thing either. Um, so I take issue. I didn't read any more of the article about there's a crime punishment because you lost me at the bacon argument. Um, so <laughs> If you're, if you're listening, please come on this podcast and talk about bacon. Uh, that, is, that is the danger of spiraling, spiraling off into metaphorical territory when you're making an argument that, that very often the, the metaphor, uh, the, the real argument, the literal argument will collapse under the weight of the, the uh, metaphor. Right. Right. Anyway, right. Uh, Speaking of metaphors. Uh, <laughs> it's what so, comes after uh, Meta 3 and before Meta 5. Hey, yo. That was and my... speaking of metaphors, the central. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Um, I want to wait. No, I want to do. I do. I want to use my agenda setting power to do one more thing. Uh, well, I want. I want to use my my resentment of all people holding power over me to talk over you. I don't hold power over you. I hold power in itself. You know, <laughs> it's not. It's not. My power doesn't come from it. Be it's being power over you. Uh, I, I want it's, it's power over the audience. Audience, I want you to email us at podcast at overthinkingit.com or call 203 285 6401. That's 20 fat jog 01 203 285 to uh, send an email or to leave a voicemail to par- participate in the show. We can read some uh, emails and voicemails on the air and we can um, play some voice. Uh, we can play some voicemails on the air. I, I ought to say. And I also, I want to ask another favor of you. Uh, oh, podcast listeners. I, it would be wonderful if you could spread the word about this podcast. We're doing uh, totally respectable download numbers now, and we're so glad that there are so many people out there who feel about Gossip Girl the way we feel about Gossip Girl, which is that it is a profound sociological document that reveals a great deal about ourselves, uh, our society, and our times, uh, and nature, the uh, human nature. But um, we, we really would like to spread the word farther. So I suspect that if you have found this podcast, you know, searching on the internet for Gossip Girl or uh, Glee, you must be involved in other online uh, fora for these uh, fantastic television programs. So if you are, would you do us a favor and mention this show? Put in a link to the, you know, the show notes page so that people can come and discover it, download it for themselves so that they can subscribe in iTunes. Would you spread spread the word? We we mobilize you like a like an intellectual paramilitary to uh, to go out and do um, uh, guerrilla action. Uh, on the rest of the internet. So well, yes, uh, and, and it isn't you in whom our power really uh, inheres, right? You know, we we are only um, you know with with without you, this we are just jousting uh, amongst ourselves. Um, but we right. we know that you are out there. Um, increase our numbers. Increase the the the, the spread. Um, of, Podca- of- podcast authority derives from the consent of the listeners. Exactly. Exactly. Legitimacy, man. Legitimacy. That's basic. What it, that is uh, what it's about. Hey, speaking of, of uh, paramilitary action. Speaking of rules. Speaking <laughs> of metaphors. <laughs> the, speaking, um, of, sp- 
speaking of segues, <laughs> yeah, right. The over uh, the overarching uh, narrative of this week's Gossip Girl was uh, the game of assassins, right? That's you know that and that Nate's birthday party, surprise birthday party, is the set piece uh, that came at the end of this episode. As every episode seems to have some kind of some kind of set piece, some kind of like social uh, event where the people come together and the implications of of what has transpired uh, in the. Um, uh, in the episode up to that point, play out. It's funny it, because it's not, except for Jenny, there's not a ton of agency at that point. Everyone kind of uh, rolls the dice, you know, or like uh, spins the roulette wheel or spins the wheel. And it, and sort of the, to, not to, to really torture and mix this metaphor, but after you spin the wheel and roll the dice, the chips fall where they may. So you're uh, so you're playing roulette, craps, and poker at the same time. Yes, absolutely. In, in your in your metaphor, and and probably also flipping a coin at the uh, at the uh, at the same time, and it's eating a, and eating a BLT, <laughs> and eating a bacon, 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 and bacon sandwich. Uh, it's called catacresis, People, look it up. Uh, I, you know, before we really get into this, because I think this is where the, the bulk of our um, conversation is going to be this week, I, I wanted to talk about Dorota a little bit. Uh, congratulations, Dorota, on, uh, you know, on, on your engagement, uh, Dorota and Vanya. I love I love Dorota. She's so devoted to Blair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you may get me in trouble saying, saying that. But um, there was something... I love Vanya. He's so devoted to Dorota. <laughs> <laughs> I love Blair. She's so devoted to Chuck. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, there were a bunch of uh, a bunch of um, well, two. Okay, that bunch. The the there were a couple of scenes of Dorota uh, kind of playing around with the weapons. One um, uh, at the beginning where she had the uh, the pistol blowtorch, the semi the semi automatic blowtorch, and she kind of went around the. Um, you know, went around the, the, the room, you know, secret agenting it up and like, you know, jumping around corners and pretending to shoot things. And then one at the end when she was uh, she was double fisting machine guns and uh, or rifles or, what, you know, whatever the kind of the plastic toy guns were that were part of the theme of this assassin's party, kill or be killed. Um, and, you know, it struck me because Dorota is uh, I think the actress is Polish, but um, Dorota, the character is associated. I mean, her boyfriend is is Russian. Right. His name is mm-hmm. is uh, Ivan is Vanya. Um, uh, and so she's associated w- with maybe the Eastern Bloc or the former Soviet Union and, you know, kind of the specter of um, of lawlessness mm-hmm. uh, and paramilitary force uh or mafia or you know organized uh let's say stationary banditry let's say let's say extra extra legal means of violence well right? extra uh, yeah extra extra governmental right extra uh extra legitimate not non non non-state specialists in violence right sure right that that and that you know it struck me as i was watching her that like i i wonder if dorota had to you know had to defend herself with a gun you know growing up in in belarusia or something like that you know or or in belarus right like how old do you think how do you how old do you think dorota is um um just based on her her physical appearance and that she's getting engaged right now um well that would that would seem to suggest sort of early 30s i think yeah, right like, yeah that's my guess as well and that's so like okay no it wasn't that uh that long ago you know um right well that makes sense though no that's that's about the time right so um that that actually that fits with what what you're saying in a certain sense, right? Um, it, it, that that means she's like just a bit above 
uh, our our age cohort, right? We're both in our, our late twenties, right? Um, and so she was probably born somewhere, you know, late seventies, early eighties. Sure, meaning, meaning that she was a spent a, the like, first ten years of her life uh, under Soviet right, uh, rule, right? And 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 this was a time, right? So that it's not that you know. Yes, there was a, a, d- during that period of, of communist rule and the, you know the Iron Curtain, there was an inc- increase um, in in the black market and certain illegal activity. But really, um, where you where you saw the spike is 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 the immediate post uh, Cold War period, right? That you have. Um, um, a a sort of a, a variety of things going on. One of the major ones is the challenge of moving from um, from a a totalitarian mode of of policing and enforcement of social order to a one that is is democratic and supportive of a free market. Well, right? maybe so, it's, it's supportive of a free market. I, I'm not sure it's democratic. I heard well, uh, ostensibly. I mean, well, um, I I heard, I mean, or at, at least it's not, time, it's not it's not it's not totally democratic. Well, yeah, okay, at the. At, at, right, 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 right. I mean, I we're heard, looking like at that at that moment. I mean, like there's yeah, we're, lots. We're, we're of looking back. at yeah, I guess kind of glasnost, right? Like that. Right, 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 right. And, I mean, you know, this this played out different ways. Um, and, you know, and actually, and just a shout out. I don't think he's a listener, but shout out to uh, to Rob Person, PhD candidate at at Yale University in political science, whose dissertation is actually on. Um, grassroots demand for authoritarianism in post-communist countries, right? Um, and so he actually sort of shows um, why is it in some, in some uh, post, post-Soviet states, namely I think he works on uh, Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus, why do you get reactions to uh, the, the end of communism um, and the end of these, these totalitarian dicta- dictatorial regimes um, in, in which people are starting to demand uh, more authoritarianism, and and again, Belarus is an extreme example, and Russia has had moves in this direction. Well, Ukraine, but at that I mean, moment, Ukraine also, right? There was a New Yorker article a couple of weeks ago about like uh, I think that the headline of it was like the experiment is over, right? Right, and the, right. You know, the idea that like this this whole you know election thing sort of didn't work. You know, I I heard David Remnick talking about something unrelated uh, on the New Yorker podcast, which is you know good, and I think everyone should listen to their their podcast about politics, um, and he said something. That's interesting. That I think is a is kind of on point for Gossip Girl, which is that he he posited that there is, and he probably, uh, you know, he's not a political scientist, so he he has probably picked this up from somewhere else or or sort of developed it, you know, developed the idea himself. But he posited that we're in the middle of of a kind of social experiment in the world, uh, specifically in in China and Russia, where. Uh, the free market, where we're we're going to find out whether the free market can exist without. Um, uh, all the protections of democracy as we understand it in the right. West, right. and that, right. like, and that this is this is a kind of akin to. I mean, we've we've talked about the kind of uh, aristocratic, even sort of feudal uh, aspects of the the social order in Gossip Girl, but it it's nothing if not capitalist. You know right. that that like transactions of 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 money are sort of at the center of the uh, of the power and privilege enjoyed by the the characters that we focus on in this show so that um, so that this is this too is a is a, uh, a situation and actually kind of free transactions you know the hotel changing hands right mm-hmm. like um, and and kind of the the transactional nature of all relationships this is something that belongs to a uh, a market mentality where right. uh, you know goods, services, power, resources are traded uh, freely 
in one's in one's own interest or against one's will, as the uh, right. as the case may be. And well, so- right, and, and and these are underpinned by a set of of institutions, right? Of of economic institutions, of property rights, uh, contract enforcement, courts, um, of informal institutions of uh, that we've talked about in volumes, and then of political institutions, of rules, of meta rules, of the political game, of how that that determines how these other rules get set, right? And it's assumed that um, you know. Uh, that 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 there is one a one to one correlation between a certain set of good institutions, namely private property, um, you know, sort of courts that look more or less like uh, British common or American common law and democracy. Right. That is the is the is the the, the special sauce um, for for, um, for 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 a stable market economy. Um, but there's, um, you know, these the cases of of China and 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 Russia and a lot of actually the tremendous growth in lots of parts of uh, Eastern uh, of, of East Asia. You know, the Asian financial crisis of the late nineties, notwithstanding, you know, call call into question, um, you know, that whether the extent to which those um, those institutions are 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 necessary um, for 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 economic development, right? Um, um, are, and and there's a, a whole other uh, you know cases of sort of democratic failures that that question whether they're sufficient, right? Um, and so I think that you know the push um, is is to look at you know I think the well, do you mean I mean do you mean like like. Uh... Uh, failures of regulation of the banking industry leading to the you know sure. or the, at least I mean at least claims that that uh, part of the the American uh, recession was caused by failures of of regulation of the of the banking industry or the right kind of regulation or or of the creation of industries that that were beyond the reach of regulation I mean Greenspan's right. when he was before Congress I think this week Greenspan's point was like look we we get to control banks we don't get to control these these non bank lenders that mm-hmm. right. Um, there, I mean, there's actually. I mean, it seems like more and more. Actually, the uh, there was a there was a case recently, um, a federal court case. I forget uh, which uh, um, circuit. The the um, uh, a federal appellate court held that um, that the FCC did not have the right to uh, regulate Comcast and fine it for violating internet neutrality. Huh. Uh, in that you know, that, uh, that is prioritizing certain traffic over other traffic. I think they were throttling BitTorrent in this, in this case and, uh, you know, degrading the service of people who were using BitTorrent or using BitTorrent a lot. And the, the, uh, the court, uh, found that, um, that the, the federal communications commission, you know, the regulatory body for communications in, uh, you know, the United States of America did not have the authority to regulate this or at least to, to punish, um, the thing, so that I mean, I think this is a this is a discourse that we are um, uh, that there's only that there's only going to be uh, be more and more of, and I think that the the claim, I mean, the kind of the the lefty claim anyway, is that the um, uh, whereas the 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 political power may somehow be vested in in people or in their representatives, that the discursive power uh, is is uh, aligned with capital, right, and yes, especially. Yes. 
you know, especially these kind of transnational corporations who, Mm -hmm. you know, who I think are the real world analogs of the, you know, of the, the, the Lily Basses or, you know, the, um, the Eleanor Waldorfs or things like this. Eleanor is an interesting case because she's a, she is both a, um, uh, you know, a person, kind of a high society person. And also she's a business, you know, she's a fashion designer. She is an international corporation, luxury goods corporation. Right. As as Jay-Z would say, she's not a businesswoman. She's a business woman. (laughs) Um, but we're, we're, oh, uh, sorry. One more thing about Dorota before we actually talk about, uh, talk about the game. Um, the, uh, at the end when, when they're playing assassins and, you know, Vanya proposes to her, uh, she says quickly, quickly, I may be killed, meaning she may be, she may be, uh, killed in the game of assassins. Her, Her picture, her Polaroid may be snatched. Um, and, uh, Vanya looks at her and says, what anti royalists from Russia? So she's she's like she's associated with with um, czarist Russia, you know, like with Ooh. with pre uh, pre revolutionary Russia, like l- l- the Russia of you know of of Chekhov's time, you know. Uh, well, it makes sense how someone from coming from that world would associate how they would read the world of Gossip Girl, sure, right? Um, of a a, a decadent uh, 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 kind of disedified. Yeah, di- s- sort of disconnected from the 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 lives of ordinary people or the majority of people. Uh, hemophiliac. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't know how far the the uh, the family trees branch in these in these uh, in, in the Upper East Side. There seems to be a fair a lot of intermarriage though between a pretty small set of families. So there's probably some weird genetic defects. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Maple, yeah. maple, maple syrup urine disease. Oh. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my people, the Amish. <laughs> That's a real thing. That's a real thing. You're, it's uh, it's you're, exactly what it sounds like. Your peeps, um, the, your peeps the Pennsylvania Dutch. The Dutchman, man. The, yeah. <laughs> luckily, um, my, luckily, I have enough sort of intermarriage out with, with French and Scotch-Irish that, that, uh, that I do not have the, uh, the, uh, M- the, the MSUD. <laughs> <laughs> so, or the... The slow drips, as they call it. Right, go on. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, all right. So this was an episode that was structured around the lead-up to, uh, to playing a game, right? And the voiceover, the Gossip Girl voiceover uh, d- took the, the master metaphor of the game, the rules of the game, the players strategizing, making your move, uh, taking your shot, right? And that, that this played out on a number of levels, uh, but at the, at the sort of top level, at the level of narrative structure, uh, there were two games going on. One was the game... Three, three, three. Uh, two master games and then three, th- the three games that I think you're the same. One is okay, the game. Fair. One is the game of assassins that we're all mm-hmm. going to we're all going to kind of symbolically enact guerrilla warfare, uh, urban you know urban warfare right, uh, right. Th- through this um, in this in this highly romanticized highly idealized way uh, through uh, through playing this game. The other is the game of a surprise birthday party where. Uh, it's really a game of information. It's a game of information, oh, right, right, being, right. you know, being withheld and being kind of uh, being kind of distributed. And so it's a it's a game about control. And there's cer- there's a certain kind of set of norms and a certain kind of balancing act that um, you know that seems to have that seems to have to do with that. So wait, wait, um, can we talk about assassins? Though I mean, it's interesting that you call it a game of sort of guerrilla warfare because it's as as a if you think about assassination as a form of of political violence it's extremely targeted sure right um is is and and 
um, and 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 even in the game, it's a um, there aren't groups, right? It, it actually they aren't organized into gangs, right? And so it's it's a they actually try to it, um, it creates. A, um, it's true. It's an every man, they, it's an every man they, they, for himself thing. Right. There's they, they, no... they, 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 they create a kind of, of state of nature, right? But it's not a um, it's not a Habesian state of nature because the whole the defining characteristic of of Hobbes's state of nature is that um, you know it is nasty, brutish, solitary, and short. That that there are no rules. The only rule is kill or be killed. Um, and so actually, that's an interesting. That's question, actually yeah? something Serena says though in right, in so, her intro in her explanation of the rules of the right. game. Right, so that the rules are that there are no rules, right? So that you know, it, it, so that there's a a sort of structured anarchy that is created in this game, right? Um, and 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 it's interesting that it's called assassins. This kind of yeah, assassins, ass, assassins is kind of a bad name for it, right? Because it's not. I, I think you're right to point to assassination as a targeted form of uh, as a form of political violence that is that is specifically targeted and whose target um, has some kind of importance in themselves, you know, right, right. And, and that this is just like everyone is sort of everyone is sort of equal with you. And it's it's just a game of kind of a of a environment of high anxiety and um, uh, uh, predictable, though, uh, unforeseeable violence. Or you, you right. well, what do I mean? Right. To say? I mean, you I, don't know where it's coming from. You don't know right. what bush the person is going to jump out of. Assassins would be basically the representation of a game that would be called Assassins would be the board game Stratego, but you remove <laughs> the but you remove the flags, and the only go, goal is 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 killing the general. So chess, chess is Assassins, right? In a way, um, yeah. In a way, I, I mean, I guess I think what um, what they want to have. I mean that's it's very interesting. There's more. Right? I mean, in chess, you're not mo- you're not mobilizing an assassin. You're mobilizing an army. I mean, I guess that I guess whoever ends up taking the king ends up being the assassin. But uh, you know, it's uh, chess. It's, chess strikes me as a game of kind of uh, traditional warfare where there's there's a kind of Geneva Convention. Whereas, like you, you know, I can't pick up my pawn and set it down on the other side of the board. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a there's a sort of there's a structure for. Um, there's a structure for sort of sublimating the aggression. Well, what if what if what if you play the game of chess with all all pawns and one king on each side? Yeah, that, I guess that would be that would be more like it, you know? Right, um, right, right. Because it's it's relatively low levels of differentiation in the capacity for violence. I mean, that, that's exactly what it would be, right? Because even the king moves. I mean, I guess the king has a little more range of motion, but um, is, 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 his importance is way outstripped by his, his capability, right? So that, that there's this kind of decentralization of the, 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 the means of violence and, and uh, an overemphasized importance of, of one target on each side. Which is actually, so I, mean, I mean, I think that's, that's the case in a lot of uh, monarchies or feudal, feudal uh, states where the king is... Um, the king, you know, power vests in in the monarch, but then there's a lot of scheming and a lot of sort of very yeah. mobile uh, or very kind of self interested people who who do a lot for themselves, like directly, you know, directly underneath. Well, didn't you just that you just described? You know, in some ways, in doing that, you just described one of the the sort of second level games that's going on, right? You sort of described Jenny right there, you know, and, you know, and we, we last week yeah, we talked exactly. about who's sort of a who's sort of a lady in waiting in the court of Henry VIII, right? Like trying to, uh, you know, sort of angling. You know, she's Anne Boleyn or something. She's like angling to 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 uh, get in the king's bed. Right. No, totally, totally. No, um, okay. So, so then, uh, these three, the three games that you referenced before, are do you do you want to set them out or should I? 
You do. Um, I'll, I'll go for it. So I said, the, so the first one is this, and they're all, they're all romantic games of some point. And they're all, you know, it, it struck me actually, just as I said, as I said that about the surprise party, they're all games here that, that are about sort of the control of information. Who knows what, who knows what about whose motives, who knows what about whose real thoughts. Right. So it's, 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 you know, what economists would call imperfect uh, information, right? Right. And you have a combination of imperfect information and incentives to misrepresent that information. Right. Right. So it's not just the information asymmetry um, that someone knows more that you, you both know, different things and there's also a meta uncertainty of how much each person knows uh, but there's incentives to misrepresent right and so then it all and that's that's a classic aspect of of games right there's a whole branch of game theory that is that is about um games with in which there's imperfect information and and the role of then sing, signaling and credibility in those uh in the in the structures of games right Credi- so these credibility are being something that we talked a lot about last week exactly exactly um and and so so the first of the three games is the one that we we talked about that is a a sort of three person game that that is being played by um by Jenny Nate and Serena um or you know and 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 the, the essential uh, content is is that Jenny Jenny's making a play for Nate um and and that she is and we'll talk we'll, we'll tease that out but she's she's um um she actually use the structure of both of the formal games as, as a pretext for playing the, the game of pursuing Nate. Yeah, the, uh, the, right, the, in, the informal game. And actually, like, really was ruthless about it. You know, yes. I, I pointed out in our notes that, that you and I share as we watch the thing, as we watch the shows beforehand, that she was leveraging her attempted gang rape from last week, right, to steal Serena's boyfriend. And that is yeah. cynical. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is dark. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I mean, so we were, you know, at the end of last week, we were speculating about Jenny as a victim. Yeah. How how they, they portray Jenny simultaneously as a, as a victim and as the, um, most sort of, you know, as a person as simultaneous with the most and the least agency. Right. Um, and, 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 and this kind of, it was the, the, the episode that, that, that was the nexus of those two points, right. Where she's able to, you know, She's she's consistently a, a victim of certain kinds of forces and power structures, and then reworks them into to uh, in pursuit of her own uh, um, ends. And so that's I mean it's um, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting how that's going to play out. Um, and that's certainly um, it seems like that uh, the way the way that you know Gossip Girl does seem to abhor certain kinds of stability. Last week I was talking a lot about how we're in an unprecedented period of stability of romantic relationships. And already this is really starting to fall apart in all of our three games that we're about, you know, so in this situation, the, the Nate Serena relationship is, is under tension. Um, and then the second, the second game, um, though it uh, seems the, the, to be, I mean, Nate, Nate was pretty clear about rebuffing Jenny, you, you know, you know what I mean? And I think that by, by getting getting sucked into her her deception, I think I think Serena. I think that Serena is sort of more um, uh, uncertain about the relationship with Nate than than Nate is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, right? Anyways. But that, 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 that I think that that makes Dane more more vulnerable to whatever Jenny's going to do next. Right? The fact that Nate thinks that he has rebuffed Jenny means that he's already lost. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Um, and, and so that's, I think, I think we'll see more on that. Um, so then the second sort of, 
um, game that's embedded within the, the 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 games of the surprise party and and, and assassins is this is a um, is a game between uh, Dan and and Vanessa. Um, do you want do you want to talk about that one? And, and well, this and is that, yeah. I mean, that. they they exchanged writing samples to give each other notes on their writing samples, and the, these writing samples are. Um, uh, our stories or scripts, I think, for uh, scripts, I think, film scripts for applica- that are applications to the uh, Tisch School of Arts undergraduate writing program, right. Uh, right. presumably, because they want to transfer out of the the liberal arts college into the um, into vocational school, <laughs> right? Like right. like the like the vocational school that I attend. Um, the, and and I, you know, I, we don't need to to hit this too hard but like i i think it's i think it's interesting whenever i see someone with artistic aspirations on gossip girl we've talked a lot before about how art seems to serve primarily to decorate uh and glorify uh the the ruling class on on gossip girl and that artists are uh you know are sort of uh uh right in this universe you know right and that that to see someone with with artistic ambitions um yeah, you know, however you conceive of those, it's it's always been kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you know, arts, in a way, it's kind of a, a, a cheap narrative, cheap narratology to make a character an artist because it's, uh, it, you know, you're trying to to do something through self reference that is not necessarily earned, uh, right? In in the doing of it, but you know, right? Because like you know, being could you, an could, artist, you pa- could you unpack that a little bit? Well, you know, the, the, look, <laughs> basically James Joyce ruined. <laughs> everything about 80 years ago, right? Uh, 90 years ago now, I guess. Like, 1921. Didn't Ulysses come out in 19, uh, 1921? Yeah. Something, something like that. Ulysses and the Wasteland. Um, where, uh, in this, this sort of modernist movement in, uh, in art generally, in literature specifically, uh, that, that being my area, um, it, you know, there was this kind of turning inward to examine, to examine the function of art. And that... that um, uh, like uh, Joyce in writing a book like Portrait of the Artist as the Young Man, you know, was was sort of turning the camera back at himself, at his own, uh, at his own craft. And you know, James Joyce was a genius, right? Uh, but this has become kind of a stock move. And every time I see a character in a novel who is a novelist, or every time I see a character in a play who is a playwright, you know, I I, I am always put on my guard. Uh, a little bit because uh, whereas you know whereas the best of the the modernists um, used this to really rigorously um, tease out a lot of implications of what they were doing um, mm-hmm. I, I get a set of, of of the enterprise of making right. art right. Uh, in a very profound in a very profound and uh, very kind of um, searching way I, I sort of think I when I when I hear uh, that a character in in a play is a playwright. Uh, I always hear theater people behind the scenes saying, "Hey, you know what's fascinating? Us." <laughs> and and that's and 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 I think that's I think that that's kind of cheap. I mean, I think that it's trying to sort of import. Uh, uh, import a lot of stuff uh, th- through through a through a superficial self-referentiality that is not necessarily earned. You know that is that is to say it's 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 big hat no cattle or it's gesturing uh, at an area 
um, of of artistic inquiry without actually doing the legwork to go to go into that area of artistic well, inquiry. I think there is something though that um, that that the other role that the 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 art that the the identity of artist was playing in the world of Gossip Girl is that it was. Um, they were sort of, I don't know, they were sort of the noble savage or something like that, right? So that, in, especially in season one, it's that being, being artistic, and that was, you know, Dan and, um, and, and, and Vanessa. Vanessa, yeah, um, being kind of bohemian. They were, they were bohemian, right? So it was, it was creating art was, um, was, 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 was in juxtaposition to the, the, the wealthy who created nothing, Right. And 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 that there was a moral superiority and a kind of purity to the creation of, of art. And I think that I think so that played that role. And I think what's interesting um, about what you see in this episode and, and where it's uh, where it's going is that that's no longer the case that is broken down um, and that um, you, you see that. Um, so you think that this this is, they, there's actually a game that's played of imperfect information that's played with the viewer, right? So you first see that you think that the game that's being played between Dan and Vanessa is trying not to hurt each other's feelings um, and g- guessing what kind of cr- criticism the other person is going to give, um, and then and, and 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 not wanting to disturb the relationship. So Dan doesn't like uh, Vanessa's uh, screenplay and and um, but lies and says it's great. And then, and then she says she hasn't read his, and he finds the marked-up manuscript in her bag that says "weak character" and you know "trite" and whatever, um, and 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 confronts her about it, and she says, "Well, you liked mine so much," and you know this all gets out, and they reconcile. Um, but the the reveal at the end of the episode is that the, the Nessa is actually applying to the same uh, selective program. Uh, the green program that Dan is. Yeah, and, and that, then, that, like, I mean, I think the implication is that, like, she's going to get in and he isn't, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the case, right? Yeah, and so the- you know, it, it, it strikes me like, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of, of activities having to do with art and art making. Last time we talked about the, or two times ago, we talked about the, um, the musicians at the, the French consulate. Uh, Rufus ran an art gallery, right? Which is, which is funny because he was an artist. He was a musician, right? Big in the nineties. Um, he, sort of the, the Weezer, uh, or I, you know, I don't know who you're probably better at, at who he, who his closest analog is. And, uh, yeah, you know, well, you yeah, can you can puzzle you can puzzle that out. But he also ran an art gallery, which means that he was sort of a percentage player. He was he was a participant he was a, a participant in a market, you know, sure. that's sort of mm-hmm. valuing and selling and trading um, uh, works of art like commodities. Um, Dan is a writer, which is mostly treated in this kind of cheap way that I was that I was talking about before as kind of a journey of self discovery, and mm-hmm. uh, and Vanessa. And this is the interesting thing. One, I think Vanessa always saw herself as like a documentary videographer, and that she was she was always sticking her video camera uh, in places where it didn't belong, and that this this art this this kind of art making had a um, uh, a destabilizing effect. You know right. that she she was right. going to kind of uh, rip away the facade or or reveal the underbelly or, or you know or however you want to figure it like um, she was going to show things that shouldn't be shown that yes, that yes. revealed kind of the inner workings of the the Upper East Side social world. Right, right, and I think you saw this. I mean, even even this season that that came into play in the 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 Trip Vanderbilt built election. Um, saga, right? Um, where she she's she's doing a, a documentary on the campaign and sees that the the act of heroism is is staged, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So 
But even then, right? So even even then, she's starting to use this much more pragmatically, right? And 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 uh, you know, as a tool in pursuit of the the the, the sorts of um, means ends based calculation. Um, and, and machinations that are part of the the, the world of, of Gossip Girl, right? So that that you know you're not producing. There's not a, a noble sort of social or or moral uh, goal in producing the art, but it, it is something that 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 either gives you leverage or gives you power or vaults you into this world, right? Sure. And, and 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 that's um, so. I think that that is what that dynamic showed. I mean, the, that both the, the noble artist has been firmly dispelled and that this is just another um is 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 another kind of uh resource that's that's being used um and and um but it's not not being used in a fundamental fundamentally different kind of way sure um third game third game and then we'll and then we'll close it out and because i think this 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 next one will will have some ripples that will kind of work their way through the rest of the season for or for at least two more episodes (laughs) they want to play it but the the third game is is the game between um between chuck uh jack bass his uncle um and 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 blair um about a and it's kind of a it's very much a uh, indecent proposal kind of yep. uh, of game uh, on the surface right so this is another one where i mean the jenny game is the only one that really is exactly what it looks like the whole way through right and um and 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 jenny's is interesting because the deception is on nate largely that he thinks first that you know she's just sad and then thinks that he's brought her that she was then part of the surprise party plan um and realize and but she's really on her own agenda and then the the sort of layers of surprise or uh of uh, imperfect information in the in in the in the chuck game and and in the what we just discussed are are it changes to the 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 viewer is also duped right so you think at first that um, Jack, Jack has demanded of Chuck, um, you know, uh, give me Blair, uh, or give up your hotel. Um, and Chuck has said no. Um, and, and then Blair goes on her own, um, to, to, um, to, 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 to sleep with Jack to get the hotel back. Um, and what's re- the reveal at the end is that, is that Chuck actually set, set all of this up and, and, and Chuck was actually behind it, uh, it it all along, and that kind of has at least for this episode driven driven Chuck and Blair apart. Were you surprised by that by that ending? I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought that it was going to be a, a second deception that 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 this was Jack's that this was a, a Jack's attempt to drive a wedge between Blair and Chuck, and that he comes back. I mean, I think it would be I think it would be more interesting actually if Chuck were the one betrayed uh, by this because you know he's he's more. Uh, he he understands realpolitik, and but um, uh, I guess they they kind of had that happen though with with the mother figure, right? And so that and so it seems that his his reaction, he's already been burned, right? And so now he's back to this um, to a much more uh, a much more realpolitik world, right? Where he feels like he can't allow himself to be to be burned or to, you know, to love, uh, or he will be burned. Right. And he has to prove his father wrong about him being soft. Um, so he must be hard. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. You gotta, gotta toughen up, um, t- 
toughen up for the world. This too, so this too was a game of information. Who knows, you know, right? Like, like uh, you think you know the, the, the players and what their, um, what their agendas are. I thought, you know, it was interesting. Uh, the, the exchange at the end, you know, Chuck said, you, you, you said you'd stay with me through anything. Well, this is anything. Um, and, and Blair's response was, well, I didn't think the worst thing that you'd do, uh, that you'd ever do would be to me. Which is which is interesting, right? So, um, I mean, do you think that there's a double standard going on here? So I'm thinking about, um, you know, all along, um, I mean, uh, Chuck and Blair, right, more than anyone else this whole season, they've been playing games of various sort that, 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 that really wa- you know, approach the threshold of, of, of infidelity, right? And, and, and the one time where they sort of cross that threshold is where um, – Blair uses Chuck um, for um, a, a, a personal a personal end, right? So to, in order to get yeah, gets, a, it gets a him to kiss spark. the gay, gets him to kiss the gay guy, the gay like officer or something, like officer or something, right? And and I see that as being structurally very similar to um, to to what happened. I mean, how is that different from what happened in this episode? Uh, because it's done without without Chuck's knowledge. That you, you know what I mean. That is to say, Chuck is not made to believe. Um, in the uh, oh, so there's no, there's in no this, pre- you see, in this game this week, Blair believed that she was deciding autonomously to cheat. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. and Chuck believed that Blair was cheating because he was deciding autonomously that she would cheat. Um, so, uh, d- uh, you know what I mean? Does that does that make sense? So that both right. Of them- so so because in the other game, Chuck believed that he was. Uh, acting as if he was going to cheat, right? And that, that he was about Blair, to be, he was but about Blair to be rescued. Thought he was, but, but Blair was going to. I mean, I guess Blair wasn't going to have him sleep with the dude. Um, but uh, but but um, was fully prepared for him to, to kiss the dude. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. In order to do. Yeah. In, in, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I think this is. You know. So this is, is is the sex the the, the like the the level of sex. The, the normative distinction, or it's the kind of um, the level of of power that is exercised, right? There's those two distinctions, um, and so they're not held constant. They, they both vary, which is tricky. But you, it seems to be that you're saying that the the kind of what the bigger difference is the is the is the kind of power structure and the type of autonomy that the person has, and the gap between what they believe they're doing and what they're actually being led to do. Right. right. Ulteriority. Yeah. Yes, yes, there it is. Uh, Ulteriority, power structures, sex, information. These fucking teenagers. I mean, it's. It's. I think we. I think we've. I think we've teased it out. Any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, Um, Yeah. uh, The. um, Yes. The. uh, The beginning uh, where Nate sees all the handcuffs and things like this. um, the, The. The. Sort of. And Serena says, "Well, this is. These are from." Blair and Chuck's games, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that, that these are sort of sexual games, the kind of S and M, you know, gear that, that Nate sees, uh, these sexual games are, are very, are very similar, right? Like what, what, what we talk about a lot in, in Gossip Girl is, is a kind of violence. I mean, it's a kind of struggle, uh, is a kind of struggle for power. Um, and that the, the, the thing that, that makes it interesting is the infinite variety of pretexts is the, the, the number of, um, seemingly unrelated, uh, but, but actually very related, um, 
sublimations, you yes. know, of of the violence of the power struggle into yes. uh, into a party game or into a, a jogging for social standing or into a sex play, right? In the case of uh, in the case of, of yes. Blair and Chuck, and that like, and isn't it funny because you y- always thought that Blair was kind of a priss, right? For those first uh, for those mm-hmm. first couple for those first couple um, seasons, right? That right. she would have fallen right into this with Chuck. That I, either his influence on her was such that she was introduced to this whole thing because you know you, you imagine that Chuck is as much of a libertine as as they come, uh, you know he being the primary, I think. Uh, person you identify with as far as like um, uh, experiencing a vicarious licentious pleasure Uh, and and it's you know right and the fact that he's repudiated so strongly I mean I think that there's well I psychologize everything because I think that uh, you know that that's that's sort of my my uh, my bent in analysis but the the um, um, that there's that there's a reason that he has to be called disgusting and repudiated so strongly. I mean, it's the model of the individual psyche. It's a model of the of the superego, uh, kind of repudiating the the um, uh, the id's you know basic drives to to fuck and to you know eat a lot and sleep a lot. Um, so so like that that uh, that she. Um, either has been won over, or else that this was all burning under there. That, like, uh, really, Blair Blair was extremely sadomasochistic all along. Well, except I, it wasn't it wasn't uh, on on the level of of sex. It was on the level of uh, making people suffer and kind of enjoying the enjoying inflicting pain and enjoy, you, you know what I mean in in the the social world. But not to go all uh, McKinnon here, right? But what, where's the, where's the distinction, right? That like the the sex itself is not necessarily about sex, but it's about power, right? And that that um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I uh, do you know, do you know? I believe it's Catherine McKinnon. I, yes, I know. I alas, I am familiar with the work of Catherine McKinnon. Right, um, and so that that um, I actually saw her speak once uh, in in college. Really? What did she talk about? Right. Uh, she was there with um, uh, Linda Borman, uh, whose stage, whose whose nom de, de porn was Linda Lovelace, who was okay. the star of of Deep Throat, and was on a an anti porn crusade where uh, she provided a lot of the the uh, theoretical background, and Linda Lovelace provided a pretty horrifying personal narrative. Uh, of how Deep Throat came to be and how how her um, uh, how her career was and what you know and and what happened, but it was you know it was um, uh, it, it was an anti porn it was a sort of anti porn crusade right. you know uh, kind of thing, right, right, and so I just so I think that there is definitely a. You know the, the the in psychologizing it and sort of bi- biologizing it, you you draw a distinction. Whereas I mean, we know that Blair um, derives a great amount of pleasure from from power and the exercise of certain kinds of structural violence. So that so if that is you know if there's a relationship between the the sexual exercise of power and 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 violence. And 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 the more instrumental or social use of it is not as surprising, right? Um, and so I'm less surprised just based on what we what else we see. So that you know, I think that Blair's prissiness is there's a there's a lot of 
um, also sort of ulteriority. Right, there, right? right. That, that it's a facade. That it's that it's it's um, it's kind of a pose. Right, and right, it's a, right. it's a it's a um, uh, it's a uh, the veneer of, of trustworthiness or of mm. you know of being a a, a, um, a certain kind of person has to be maintained because there are there are incentives to uh, being deceptive. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think that that's I think that that's that's definitely the case. Um, but so- we we thankfully on this podcast are here to tell you the truth. We're here to tell you the truth about power structures. We're here to tell you the truth about ulteriority. We're here, We're here to, to tell, tell you, you the, the truth, truth about, about emailing us at podcast at overthinking.com <laughs> or following us on Twitter at TFT Podcast. We're, we're here to tell you the truth about expanding our audience by telling your friends and your, you know, Gossip Girl and Glee fan sites about, about this podcast. We're here to tell you the truth about Law & Order Special Victims Unit. We're here to tell you the truth about... Bacon. <laughs> we're here to tell you the truth about the only rule is that there is no rules for these fucking, fucking teenagers bacon. asshole <laughs> I'm really hungry <laughs>